Welcome to another episode of our Founders Podcast. I'm your host, Ash, and this is a show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your business. In this episode, I talk to Joshua, the founder of Betascore. Joshua founded, found motivation to start his entrepreneurial journey after relocating to the UK and facing challenges securing accommodation due to the lack of credit history. His startup, Bittersquare, addresses the accommodation issue faced by migrants and digital nomads by using predictive analytics to provide access to credit and financial services. Joshua's mission is to offer equitable access to these services for those navigating life in a new country. And he has already helped numerous individuals with their housing needs. His story is one of resilience, innovation, and a commitment to making to make this world positive and have a positive impact overall. So I hope you enjoy the show. Joshua, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for having me, Hash. Great. Do you have a favorite quote, something that inspires or motivates you that you can share with us? Um, I don't know if it qualifies as a quote, uh, but when I was younger, um, there's a song um in the sound of music that sort of stuck with me um and i use that as a motivation in my life so it's climb every mountain such high and low follow every highway every path you know till you find your dream um yeah so that's 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 it it's a no, it's no. a it's a popular song on 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 the on the on the in the movie Mm-hmm. And um, every point in time, it just rings, rings in my head. Climb every mountain, side chai and you follow every sure. pathway till you find your dream. Sure, sure. And and it, the 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 need for, to follow a quote is not necessarily about the quote. It's more about yeah. how the quote makes you feel from inside, yeah. right? And it could be a song, and you know that's exactly what I was looking for. What makes you wake? What makes you motivated, or what makes you, you know, feel energetic from inside whenever you want to do something, you know, different, out of the box? Great. Yeah, so, yeah. so tell tell us more about Beta Score. What does the product do? Who is it for? And what's the main problem you're helping solve? And um, so, um, Beta Score is mainly provided um, financial opportunities for migrants, mm-hmm. um, simple speak. Uh, that's what it's supposed to do. It's creating opportunities for migrants worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a whole lot of challenge um, when you try to move, move um, countries. Um, there's a whole lot of reasons why right? people move as well, uh, which I'm not going to get into. Um, mm-hmm. But then statistics has shown that the in the last 10 years, most of the growth we've seen in the UK economy, um, I think 69% of it has come from migrants. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, in the last 10 years. And it's predicted that in the next 10, that is going to be 100% growth um, that's going to be coming from migrants. Um, I, I moved here, uh, because of family. Yeah, no, no. Uh, my wife, my wife had been here and then I moved over. Um, obviously I had, I had a good career back home, so I was quite reluctant to move. Um, 
But then I needed to do that for family and I then moved over and I was trying to get an accommodation in Manchester. Uh, we got a rejection notice just because I don't have a credit history. And because of my financial background, I was like, yeah, but if you had asked me, I could provide you some sort of evidence mm. uh, in this regard. And the guy went, oh, no, yeah, you know, there's no evidence. There's no credit history. We can deal with you. And I was sort of livid. Like, what else do you want? I've got a job in the UK. I've had this amazing career in the bank. I can get you some sort of reference from the bank if you need. Uh, what would you give me an accommodation? I can clearly afford this. What do you need for me to prove that I can afford and I can continue to pay uh, my rent? Um, mm-hmm. So the second one we found, um, luckily, the agent was quite proactive and he was like, yeah, if you guys can provide a guarantor, um, then we'll go ahead and give you the house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still based on the the, the whole preconception that you don't have a credit history, but because you have someone that is willing to guarantee you, then we'll go ahead and, and deal with you. Um, so that then got us thinking. My co-founder, Shane, was the one that guaranteed me. He's been in the UK for you know way longer than I am. And then he was like, yeah, I'll sign that for you. Then he did, he did sign it. And he was the one that pointed my attention to it to say, don't you think this is a problem we should solve because we have the skill set. We understand the decisioning behind or the reasoning behind asking for a credit report to be able to make this decision. And mm. I was like, yeah, that's, that's okay. Uh, but I was fairly new. I was trying to understand the system as well. Um, so we, we then decided, okay, let's find out what the problems of people are when mm. they move to a new country. Um, so we did a poll um, amongst friends, um, we shared it on social media, and I was expecting that the biggest challenge people would face would be access to credit, right? Because that's something that is a little bit difficult difficult to get in Nigeria and Africa, uh, while it's a little bit easier for you to, to access over here. But yep. to our dismay, it's 69% of the respondents said their biggest challenge was rent. Um, and within our network, these are people that are skilled workers, if you can put it that way. These are people that have like four or five years working experience, um, that have done some sort of work in their life and are just basically trying to move to a new location due to opportunities, right? Seeking out mm-hmm. better opportunities. And you, you, you find that the average time it takes a migrant to get an accommodation in the UK is around two months. And about 60% of them had to have to get a guarantor or pay three or sorry, six or 12 months rent in advance. Wow. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So, uh, and that was the norm, right? Like the, the other uh, alternative was you then need to have a credit report. You need to have a credit report essentially, but it's near because you're new in the country. Um, so we set out to to bridge that gap as the first step in helping people settle in quicker in, in a new economy. Um, that's sort of the foundation story around, around Beta Score. 
Great, great. And, 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 you know, I wanted to ask you what was the, what was the trigger or what was the beginning of the story and you already explained it to me. So let's say <clears throat> when you had that epiphany, did you look into the market? Were there other products? What was going on? And, and at the time, what did you see from your research that encouraged you to move ahead with this idea? Um, so we, we did the research, right? And um, what we found out was everything is all premised on trust. So you either need to come up with the cash up front or you look for someone that trusts you well enough to be able to guarantee you. Um, in today's market, no one is really looking at that as a problem to solve. So when you look at the challenges migrants face, um, everyone basically wants to learn to the market segment. So because the high street banks will not touch you, you find every other fintech solution today is aimed at lending you money rather than finding a way of integrating you with the larger system. Um, so what we then decided to do was, how do we productize the whole guarantee um, system that is already acceptable? Mm -hmm. So people already accept the fact that Joshua can come and sign off a piece of paper, committing himself to being liable if you don't pay your rent, it's already acceptable. The challenge was, how do we productize this? How do we do this on a large scale um, for people? Because again, no one was doing it. It's, it's more like everyone has confined this set of people to be able to either come up with the cash or get a guarantor. Also, if you look at the system today, when we look at the, 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 the system today, what we also found out is parents of new home, new renters, um, like university students, what we found out is the parents are the ones guaranteeing them. So the parents are probably the ones signing off on the leads um, on behalf of their wards. So we thought, you know, it's probably not, it's not scalable if you want to do it that way. And how do we ensure that we do this in a scalable, in a scalable manner? So yeah, you know, back to your question, no one was looking at rent as a challenge for migrants and trying to, to resolve. Um, and every other financial product or every other financial solution out there that was even looking at, I think, at migrants are looking to lend to them. And uh, what that does is it also isolates you from the larger ecosystem. There's mm -hmm. only a limit to how many people you can lend to. There's only a limit to how much you can lend to them. Uh, but we felt if you come up with mechanisms, um, leveraging our experience, of course, um, of dealing with the retail sector, of dealing with consumers, if you find, out, if you find a way of helping them build this credit score, um, then it's easier for them to get a loan from Barclays or get a loan from Lloyd's in a year's time. Um, so that's sort of the approach um, that we are taking. Right. So 
Okay, I understood a couple of things, so I'm going to reiterate to you so that I yeah. can get the gist of it. A migrant moves into UK. They don't yeah. have a credit history, but they need a place to live. So they want, they go into the rental market, they query a few real estate agents, they have some viewings done. When the viewing is done, they like a couple of properties, they put the offer in uh, place. But because the migrants are the migrant person is new to UK, they don't have any credit history. Okay. Yeah. When they apply for when they are put the offer on the table with the real estate agents, they apply, they need to provide their documentation, like where they work and you know what what kind of uh, earnings the household has, etc. Yeah. But just based on the credit history report, they get rejected because there's no way they can have a credit history. Now tell me exactly what beta score does. Let's say I am the migrant. I want yeah. to get an apartment. Okay. If I come to beta score, what do you what will you do for me? Okay. Um, so um, one of the things the agent do is the reference search. So outside the credit history, it's you've been in the UK for three years minimum which is also part of what you find in, in your credit report. It's who is your former employer? Who is your former landlord? If they can get referrals from those people, uh, then the estate agency produces a report that is then passed on to the landlord. That's alongside the credit report that's been gotten from the bureau. So what that essentially does as well is check if you've got any court judgments, if you've got any infraction, um it's just to confirm that you are credit worthy right um we are doing the exact same thing so um we have partnerships with um bureaus in nigeria uh, we are looking to expand to india we're basically following the data of where most people are coming in into the uk um so um nigeria is where we're piloting and we have um a partnership with um uh, the credit bureaus down there so what we're doing is basically two things we're providing that credit report that you don't have in the uk to say yes you want to look three years five years back in this person's history we are able to provide it to you um you want to find out who is past landlord is who his previous employer is you can't do that today we are able to provide it to you so it's we providing that holistic um reference reports for you that you're unable to get um and because you're unable to get you're unable to deal with these guys so that's sort of the first step in the solution we're providing to say yes you're not dealing with this guy because you don't have these details we'll provide you those details um and then you're able to make a decision based on on those details and if you think that is not enough we are then saying would would guarantee this person. So off of the back of the reports that we have and uh, transactional data, so we validate all these reports using um, AI, you know, leveraging technology uh, to validate um, the data points and and um, you know all that is contained in the report. We've then created our own algorithm that says. Um, automatically tells you we would be able to 
provide a guarantee for for this person so if you're not satisfied in quotes with the report we provided you um then you should be okay with us guaranteeing um the person which is something you would already accept anyway mm-hmm. uh but that's sort of the two-pronged approach we're using to tackle um that particular challenge right so let me get this correct i came to beta score and i said yep. that i haven't got a credit score so what beta score is going to do is go back to the country where i come from figure out or or partner with the credit history um uh, organizations there get my credit history from that country to uk and provide yep. it to provide it to the letting agency here so who are you charging to are you charging the tenants or are you charging the real estate agents or are you charging to the landlords and how what is your revenue model um, so that's an interesting one um everything we've done so far um to validate this this product we've actually not charged mm-hmm. um we've done it for i think about six people now and um, we've not charged so it's basically to test the acceptance and also to have some sort of track record to say we've done it for three people now um sorry we've we have three people that will be approaching a year that have not defaulted so it's then you know how you compound that right um but in the future what we're looking at is to be able to charge for the references we're providing the estate agents because now you have so in today's market the reference is being paid for anyways um we are just saying there's an is it there's a more um uh, encompassing or comprehensive reference you can get for this demograph um so if you're dealing with this demograph come to us we'll provide you a detailed reference um which you would pay for you already pay for it anyway so it's just a matter of uh, moving to the provider that gives you a more comprehensive report. Um, that's the first bit. The second bit is in the future, we intend to charge for the guarantees because that's the liability on on, on the company. And then it's um, forced to then charge you some sort of a substitution model uh, on a monthly basis that makes it easier for you. So um, instead of you passing away with three months, six months rent in advance, we come to you and say, pay something around 20, 15 pounds on a monthly basis. Um, that then sort of serve as an insurance as well, you know, pro, you know, sort of cover our own liability in the event that you default. Um, so that's how we are open to approach the market today. Obviously, when you get into the market, it then becomes a different ball game entirely. But today, that's how we're approaching the market. Mm-hmm. So, but even, okay, let's say, so right now you have done a couple of cases for free. You help them out. You've proven that the system, the, the process works. Yeah. But going forward, as you mentioned, what is your strategic revenue model? What is the? What is your strategy for your revenue model? where the most of the money will be coming because it's a startup, right? It needs yeah. to happen. So what's, what's the revenue model? Is, is it a SaaS company? The real estate agent will pay you? Is it 
the company which will be funded by the renters, the migrants, the immigration, uh, immigrated people? What, where, what is the source for you? So it's, it's a B to B to C. So there's money to be made from the agents. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things we are hoping to do in the future, hopefully they listen to this, Zupla, right move, uh, is to partner with the large marketplaces and we then channel the users to them. So mm -hmm. today, when you download our app, you integrate first with your local um, credit bureau. Um, once you do that and uh, you are looking to move to the UK or you've arrived into the UK, you can then click on our rent uh, portal. So from the app, it takes you, the way we build the product is from the app, it then takes you to either Zoopla or it takes you to Rightmove and you already have some sort of profile, right? With the profile, you can access uh, the, the properties the agent on the back end knows because this is a referral from Bitterscore, then Bitterscore is able to provide guarantee, they're able to provide the reference, right? Um, so at that point, it also reduces the, uh, the headaches that the agents currently face because no one wants to do one or two viewings. Then at the end of the day, when you get to referencing, you discover that the person is not, is not eligible. So we are helping them solve that problem as well. Um, and at the end of the day, the idea is they are paying for that ref for, for the report. That is one revenue stream. On the other hand, there's a subscription model that if you're new to the UK, if you want to access our bouquet of services that is specifically designed for migrants, then you need to pay a subscription fee um, for, that, for that particular service. But again, it's a B2B2C. There is a revenue to be made from the user and there's revenue as well um, to, make, to be made from the business end. Mm, got it now. I got it. Okay, that's interesting. So so tell me a little more about the, the product itself. How long it took you to create the whole uh, MVP <laughs> and what kind of tech stack you used it? Have you done it yourself? Do you have any CTO or somebody more technical who did it for you? Um, that's, that's the toughest thing we've, 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 we've had to, we would have to go on the go. Um, mm -hmm. so at the point where we, we decided to dip our foot into this word too, I used to be technical, but after years of working in, in sales, um, in the banking industry, I sort of forgotten those skills. So I used to be a mathematics major. Um, Oracle certified, and I understand, I used to be able to code, well, I used to code in my former life, SQL, HTML, and all those stuff, um, mm -hmm. but that's a skill that I only understand now, I can't really get onto the computer to do it. Um, so I think the first challenge we had was getting a technical person to understand what we're trying to build and mm -hmm. get on the journey with us. Everyone back home was sort of building the next payment platform. So you find a whole lot of money in Nigeria, in Africa, going towards people building payment platform. And no one mm -hmm. really understood what we we're trying to do. Also, because we come from a banking background, everyone felt 
this is what you should be focused on. It should be the payments, right? You should have some sort of um, underlining understanding of how this could be profitable if you go into it. Um, so it took us a while. We tried to convince a couple of friends, a couple of people to join the team. Um, we were unsuccessful. Luckily, we were able to get um, Raf, who is now um, a co-founder and um, our CPO slash CTO. He also faced this challenge. Um, he was a student at University of Hall. Um, and when he was done with school, he was trying to get an apartment in Manchester. And he found this brilliant apartment. He's been working for over five years with fintech. He's got his own fintech back in Nigeria as well. And the same problem, no credit history. You need to look for a guarantor. So I had to be the one to guarantee him. And I then told him, that's the problem I'm trying to explain to you. Let's work on it together. Um, so he was able to come up with our first um, design of what the platform would look like. Um, so obviously what we do is we design with Figma and we uh, decide on the flow. So my co-partner, I'm sorry, my co-founder is um, also a lawyer um, back in Nigeria, but in the UK is being uh, a product process uh, improvement person. Um, so we're able to map out what the journey should be. Um, and then he was able to design it. So when we're done designing, the next step was easy for us. We're able to leverage our network um, to get people to work with us on a contract basis to then build out what we've designed. My younger brother is also a software engineer. So we're able to lean on him to be like, yeah, help me do that, help me do that. And <laughs> um, um, that's sort of how we've been able to get to the stage where we are. So we've got only two contract guys working with us, one on the front end, one on the back end. And my younger brother supports every time and then, but the rest of the team, we basically focus on what the journey should be, and then we design it out. Once we design, then it's easier um, for the guys to build out um, using React, um, um, JavaScript, um, C++, um, and pretty much. So the other bit is um, I currently work for a Google partner. Uh, where I manage the whole Africa business um, for them. So I now have a better understanding of infrastructure, cloud, and, uh, and you know, all that comes with that. So I was also able to leverage that understanding, that experience to ensure things like security is at there to, 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 you know, be able to secure people's data, um, you know, what, what region should you be hosted? What are the tools you should be using? Um, so today we basically leverage Google. Everything we're doing is on Google. Though it's, we have a multi-cloud strategy. We built with um, containers. Um, um, there's a particular word for it. I can't remember now. Um, nice. So um, it's then easier, you know, when you're building containers, it's easier for you to then move from platform to platform and, mm -hmm. and to be able to do, to do all that. So that's um, sort of, um the technologies we're using and how we've been able to build um um the mvp we are i think this is our fourth design mm -hmm. so we never saw the break day of light um 
and uh, we've been able to beta test in, in Nigeria, get feedback, and that informed the second design um, that we currently have. And we're going to the third design as well, and we should be able to beta test again uh, before the end of the year. So, and how long it, it took you to create the MVP? Um, I would say it took us about six months hmm. um, because for us to create the MVP, we needed to sign strategic partnerships, uh, obviously back in Nigeria and also in the UK uh, with the data providers. In the UK, unfortunately, we are able, unable to go live until we get our FCA approval. Um, but we've been able to beta test with the data we get from the guys in. Why do you need FCA approval? You're not handling any finances. Because we, you're handling customer consumer information. No, so you, I know for the fact that you need to when when you so there so so there's a organization ICO. So mm -hmm. if you process the data, you're liable for it. But if you store mm -hmm. it, you're not. In your case, you process the data, which is fine. Yeah. But when it comes to liability, FCA is is different. FCA compliance is more about finance-related data. Uh, not sure how credit-related data fits into that, but if you're just so, getting reports from credit aggregators and displaying it, I'm not sure how that will come under the processing, but I, I think <laughs> I, you might have done your research. Yeah, so a, a couple of things, right? Um, the first product we're going to market with is the is the rental product. The next product we have is a student loan product, um, which sort of ties with each other. Uh, that's sort of the way we've structured our strategy. Um, and down the line, we want to... The, the idea is when you come into a new country, your greatest challenge is rent. The other problem people have is getting access to student loan that enables them pay off the student loan over a period of time, right? Mm -hmm. So if we provide you a student loan, then we provide you rent. We're using the data point from those two to help you build your credit reports. So our agreement we have with Equifax today allows us to supply them data to help improve your credit reports. Um, and the idea is after a year when you're leaving school or you know if you come in as someone that is working after a year you then have access to things like mortgages you you can have access to credit cards you can have access to personal loan so as part of our business there's a credit brokerage side of it there is the customer um, information services part of it which is the first bit so you need um, the fca license for you to be able to process customer information for you to handle it. Equifax will not deal with you if you don't have um, the authorization from FCA. Um, so they're quite strict with it. So we need those two licenses um, for us to be able to fully operate in the UK. Got it, got it. Okay, that makes sense. You know, because you're, you're, you have diff multiple products under the same yeah. umbrella and then you'll be managing all the information. That makes sense. Okay, great. Okay, um, I really, really want to talk more about it, but as you know, we are heading towards the end. Um, yeah. I have got a six quick fire questions for you before we okay. 
know, uh, proceed towards that. But before we move to that, I would like to ask you one question, which is like throughout your journey and experience, there must have been some valuable lessons learned. You know, if you don't mind sharing, could you reflect on your experience and tell us about one mistake or a setback that you have encountered along the way and that you now consider not a regret, but a lessons learned? And additionally, what advice would you give our listeners based on that experience? Um, so I think the biggest lesson um, that I would like to pass on to people is don't make assumptions. So mm. uh, I'm a mathematics major. Uh, I'm quite analytical. And then it's very easy for you to make assumptions because you know pretty much all we talk is assumptions. Then you 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 try to validate the assumptions, right? Um, is to make assumptions about people. Uh, so making assumptions about oh this guy should be able to help me. Oh this guy should be able to take this particular renumeration. Um, this person should understand this is the norm in the industry um, and basically vocalizing a whole lot of this thing and if possible as early as possible um documenting and getting into contracts with with people um is going to save you a whole lot of heartache down the line um, the startup journey is one that is very difficult and you don't want to get to you know six months nine months down the line you're not having conversations you should have had 10 months ago mm. uh, it then becomes more difficult um down the line and it's also a significant percentage of why startups fail mm. um there are quite a number of resources out there now um, that helps people with this uh but sometimes you just get carried away with trying to solve the problem trying to move on to the next thing and you don't talk about this important um stuff so yeah if there's anything i would i would like to pass on to to people is have the hard conversations from the onset yes there's a whole lot of uncertainty um along the way but you want to ensure that your house is tidy um um well in advance Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Good, good, good piece of advice. Okay, so we should wrap up now. We're going to go into the lightning round. I've got six quick fire questions for you. So just um, okay. answer them as quickly as you can. Amazing. Great. Number one, what, what's one of the best piece of business advice you have received? Don't be too shy to ask or um, don't believe you know it all, basically. Mm. Yeah. 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 I, I agree that. I, I agree with that. Uh, number two, what's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful founder? <laughs> Resilience. Resilience. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that you'll say that. Okay. Number three, what book would you recommend to our audience and why? Ah, the book I would recommend. 
there's there's the book um oh god i've forgotten the title now but it it's arc of ambition um arc of ambition that's the title and it basically breaks down um an entrepreneurial journey basically helps you simplify it and then you figure out where you fit in the whole um arc as it as you mentioned um it's basically understanding where you fit in in the whole um dreamland ambition you know in terms of ambition figuring figuring out where you fit and the characteristics that can make you successful so um there are people that are builders there are people that uh, are basically come to build on what other people have built um and the people that are basically operators so it's to understand where you fit there are three i can't remember now um but then i'll definitely recommend arc of ambition um for anyone okay that's great what's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit habits habit i would i would say one of the things that has worked for me is start early in the morning um to sort of schedule your day it gives you clarity and it also helps you deal with stress along the way so what i do early in the morning when i wake up is try and run through my day and itemize the things that are important so if you're not important to if your tax is not important to me when i wake up then you have to wait until the next time i'm waking up um because there's a whole lot of things that that comes to grab your attention um, along the day along the you know during the day so um it's wake up very early in the morning um just jot those things out to know yes if i accomplish this tax at the end of the day um or if i can push these things forward by the end of the day if i look at this then i'm happy and i know whatever problem comes in the day during the day i can push it till the next day to solve yeah yeah okay what's a new or a crazy business idea you would love to pursue if you had time so the problem is there's there's a whole lot of crazy ideas that i have uh, but one that um business idea i think it still falls back to what we're doing um uh in in trying to create opportunities for for migrants um we've been trying to broaden the scope and you know have some sort of larger vision to to what we have and if i have all the resources in the world today all the time um i will probably try to deal with um improving the inter-trading and movement of fronts cross-border trade and cross-border um financial services in africa mm. Mm. got it got it okay uh, what's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know 
interesting. Most people don't know that most people don't know um, that most people don't know. I used to sing uh, before. I used to be part of uh, a semi-professional choir. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I terribly enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, nice. That's really good. That's really good. Yeah. But that's that's all of my six questions for the lightning round. So, Joshua, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story, unpacking the last few years of building this business and some of the ups and downs along the way. If people want to check out Better Score, what's the best way to do that? And if folks want to get in touch with you, what is the best way to for them to get in touch? Um, so um, we uh, get Beta Score on all social media platforms. Um, so Instagram, Twitter, and Beta Score Finance on on LinkedIn, and our website is betascore.io. Uh, please go ahead and spread the news. Go ahead and join our waitlist. Um, so as soon as we get our FCA approval, you'll be the first to know. Um, and for you to reach out to me, my name is Josh Ojo on, on LinkedIn. Um, I think that's the best uh, platform to get in touch with me. And um, it's josh at betascore.io as well. For the email. Okay, that's good. Yeah, for the email. Well, Joshua, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your inspiring journey and the impactful work you're doing through Betascore. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on Founders Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Ash. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Founders Podcast. I hope you found our conversation with Joshua insightful and inspiring. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and stay updated on the future interviews with proven founders and industry experts. We have a lineup of incredible guests and valuable insights coming your way. Stay inspired, stay motivated, and keep building.